the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H dot com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast today, I'll be joined by Bob Coons of Reasons for Hope as we discuss the subject of judging from a biblical worldview. Stick around for a very insightful broadcast here, and you can reach me to share your thoughts or comments anytime at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Batt at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'm excited to once again be joined by Bub Coons, who I can definitely call a friend of mine and brother in Christ, even though I haven't uh, met him in person, but I have really enjoyed getting to visit with him a bit, and we did a couple of excellent shows in the past, and now this time around, we're going to talk a little bit about judging others from a biblical worldview. Bub is the director of the debunked videos for Reasons for Hope, the national ministry sponsor of the Plum Line, and by the way, you can find those outstanding videos at debunked.org, debunked .org. Welcome to the broadcast, Bob. Hey, Jay. Good to be back. Really yeah. good to be back. Yeah, I'm thankful to have you. And for those in particular who know you and tune in, and I'm sure there will be several because with you working for Reasons for Hope, the national sponsor of the show, there'll be many who probably are just tuning in to hear from you as much as the topic itself. And so uh, for those folks, uh, we don't want to neglect the reality that since you and I last talked, your wife has gone to be with the Lord. And you guys, as I told you, you remain in my prayers, you remain in prayers of a lot of our listeners, and I hope that people have after hearing this, will add you to their prayer list if they're not already praying for you and your daughter, Sage. And so I just wanted to maybe have you start off this broadcast, which even though this isn't our topic, with just sharing about how you're doing, how God is getting uh, you and your daughter through this. No, I really appreciate that. I think the, the comfort and peace of God, you don't know exactly how he's going to meet that out or how it's going to play out until you actually are in the middle of something and going through something and or have a past and go, you know, the Lord was there. And he shows up in the most remarkable 
ways. And he's so personal, he knows you so well that those ways may just seem bizarre and silly to other people. But certain things like the right kind of sunset or the right kind of wind that blows when I go to the car or or something I turn on the radio and it's exactly on somebody else who's working through this or a friend calls that hadn't called you in 10 years to catch up and doesn't even know what's going on. And so you start talking to them and something happened to them. You start ministering to them and all of a sudden the body of Christ shows up and and then all of a sudden you're just carried through it all. And the next day goes by and the next day go by and then months go by and you've been carried literally sometimes by the Holy Spirit. It's hard to put in words. I'll always miss my wife. She's my best friend and my wife for 23 years and there will be no time, no days that I don't think about her. But the hope of reuniting with sinless and, and perfected bodies and knowing each other for eternity and being with the Lord and learning and more and more about her is an incredible hope so that, that you wake up knowing that as well and just going, I, I wrote a short little poem for her and played it at the celebration of her life. And it basically, it was just like farewell for now. And that's, that's kind of all it is. We're the ones that miss her. She's perfect. She's fine. I think Paul sums it up really well in two words. She is in a place that's far better. So when I wake up every morning to think of her at a place far better, I don't know exactly what that place looks like right now, but it's far better. And so that, that gives us peace and hope too. So Sage and I talk about it all the time. We cry, we chat, and then we have a lot of joy around memories and getting up every day and and doing what we're supposed to do, you know, telling people about the Lord, learning more about the Lord and sharing the gospel and living our lives, you know, eating and drinking and sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for that update. And I do hope that all of our listeners will keep you and your daughter and all of those who loved and appreciated and knew your wife in their prayers here. As there are a lot, they'll, will be grieving. As you said, the grieving, the mourning will really endure, but at the same time, the hope, from the knowledge that she knew Christ, that you know Christ, and there will be a reunification really helps us to persevere and endure. So thank you for that, Bub. Um, We're going to move on from there to our actual topic and discussion here today, which I happen to be visiting that site, debunked.org, that I brought up at the beginning, and was just kind of checking out the number of great videos that are there, and one that really kind of just drew my attention, and I realized, you know, I haven't talked about this on the Plum Line yet, is this whole aspect of judging others. And I've been in radio for a lot of years, and so I've talked about this in other shows and news stories and things that I've done, but not on the plumb line. And so I've said, it's about time that we tackle this because I don't know if it's as bad as it was maybe two, three years ago, but there was a lot of discussion for a time, and probably still is, about the scripture that tells us that we're not supposed to judge others. At least that's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're told. Matthew 7 is what I'm referring to. In fact, why don't I read this? Because it is a verse that's tossed around, particularly by those who have no idea or concept even of Scripture. In fact, they would generally not even turn to Scripture, except they want to with this one, because it seems to support uh, their view. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. That's Matthew 7, 1. And of course, I could go on and read more there in the context. And um, we will draw that in as we talk about this. But uh, the point that I kind of want to start with is the reality that while there are those who want to, you know, cherry pick and say that this means that Christians should stop all that judging that we're doing, that's not exactly the point of the passage here, I don't think. Well, not at all. I think the the bunk video starts off and just goes, yeah, if you're just going to read two words of any verse or any chapter, 
and say, well, that's what I build my doctrine on. We're going to have a huge problem because it's really simple if you just read the next few lines. When he says, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there's a log in your own, you're hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Okay, so here's the obvious point. He just says it right here. Don't judge hypocritically. And also, I would say that there's a little motive in here, too. If you really want to help your brother, you remove the garbage that's in your eye so you can see to help your brother out. So you can actually be a person who is trying to build that person up. But if you're doing some kind of sinful behavior, notice the judgment inside the text as it is. You have to make a judgment to know if there's something right or wrong about your brother. So there has to be a judgment to know that, that the question that I, I always want to bring up is, what is right? So from a biblical perspective, the scriptures, the very nature and character of God says this is what's good and bad. If you don't have that, what's your judgment based on an opinion? That's where it can get nutty. But as a Christian, you want to judge behaviors. You want to judge ideologies so that you can help the person grow closer to Christ and grow. That's the whole, that's the whole point of righteous judgment. Stop that. Grow here. Protection, justice, these are all good things, and they're all clearly spoken of in Scripture. You know, it's interesting to me that if, you, if, if God didn't want anyone to judge, he wouldn't have appointed judges to judge. That's pretty obvious, okay? And Christ wouldn't get out and say, you know, look at you, you hypocrites, or he wouldn't say, you bird of vipers. You know, John the Baptist wouldn't have come out and judged the, the Pharisees for showing up with the wrong motive. Right. So obviously, if Scripture defines Scripture, the Bible wants you to be able to judge things and make rational, good judgments. The point here is we don't want to make sinful, ridiculous judgments. We don't want to make hypocritical, condescending judgments. We don't want to make prideful judgments. But we have to make righteous judgments. And we can't have partiality. Okay, John 7.24 clears it up really, really clear. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. I mean, that should be the end of the conversation, really. It's like he's actually telling you how to judge. This is what Jesus is doing. Not not to judge, but how to judge. And then the scriptures go on and on multiple, multiple places about how to judge rightly. Yeah. And I think what people see, though, especially in the LGBT world, if you don't agree with them, you're judging and you're hypocritical and you're a mean person. Mm-hmm. So what most people don't want to hear is the truth, either about their ideology or about their behavior. Right. Which makes it ridiculous, right, to judge anyone based on their appearance, to judge someone on the color of their skin, or if they're rich or poor. It's just all ridiculous judgments, and that's what God doesn't want you to do. Don't judge by appearances. Mm-hmm. But if a guy slaps your mother in the face, he needs to know that's wrong. And then once it's wrong, that there should be some kind of writing that wrong. Okay, do not do that. If you slap a cop, you go, you know, you go to jail. So there's, there's judgments we have to make, judgments that are right to make, but there's also really, really bad judgments. And I think Christians are like, because they're people and they're sinful people, they do things that aren't very nice and they judge wrongly. And I think people looking into that can go, yeah, why are you doing that? And they should be held to be accountable. But notice what they've done. They've turned around and judged you by yeah. telling you not to judge them. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. 
Yeah, well, Bub, you answered every one of my questions there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, there, have a nice day. So, anyway, that was an outstanding answer. And what I'm going to do, since you did kind of do that, is I'm going to take each one of those aspects you brought up, and we're going to dig more deeply into those. But the first thing I want to do out of that is I'm going to go ahead and read, and you brought up uh, a lot of the context here, but I'm going to read and carry on. I, I wanted to specifically pull out verse 1 just because that's what a lot of people do, is take it out of context yep. and cherry pick it. And But now I'm going to read the context, and then I have a question to follow up from that. So it says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And as you brought up, This is not, when we take this properly in context here, this is not a verse that's telling us not to judge by any means. If we stop with judge not, we're really messing up because the reality is we're supposed to judge. It's just that we have to judge, as you said, rightly, righteously. So really, that's kind of what I'm taking from this, is it's definitely not saying not to judge, but it is saying take care of your own matters first. Get that log out of your eye, and then you can help uh, your brother, which is just what you were saying, right? Yeah, and I think the the goal, right, is to help your brother, and that's how this ends. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So the goal, let's say there's just two guys, you know, and they're sitting there, and the guy sees a speck in his eye. The goal is to help him get the thing out, but I got a log in my eye, so I can't really see, so I'm going to make it worse if I go over there and slap him around and can't get his eye fixed. So I take the actual mess out of my eyes. Now I can, what, see clearly, right, judgment, righteous, I see what's right and wrong, and I can reach into my brother's eye and take it out. Because the ultimate goal here is to help my brother with his eye. It's how we go about doing that that is either righteous or unrighteous. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and the judgment part comes in helping your brother or sister to see if there's some wrong there and help to point them to the right. That's a judgment's call being made, and that is the goal, uh, essentially, of that passage. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more, and I want to bring in some discussion about kind of how we define as a culture or society, how we define judgment. That might be where the problem comes in, why some people believe that we shouldn't judge because of the way that they're defining the word judge. And so we'll we'll talk about that after we take a break here. I want to let those of you in the listening audience know that those ministries and businesses that you hear advertising on the plumb line, I would love it if you would reach out and say thank you to them. Even better, if you can do business with them, if you can utilize their services, because those businesses may make it possible for the plumb line to be on the radio in your area. My special thanks, of course, to my national sponsor, Reasons for Hope. I'd love to have you reach out to them. Go to their website, the letter R-F-O-R-H.com. But all the other uh, business advertisers you hear as well on the plumb line, please do uh, reach out to them, do business with them if you can. And reach out to me at this email, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. Remember, plumb is P-L-U-M-B, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. We'll be right back. 
Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors, EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns, 623-537-3657. And Simple Turn, their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Life can be tough, and sometimes we all need a helping hand. That's where Integrity Counseling Group comes in. At Integrity, we're not just counselors. We're your companions on the journey of healing. We believe in restoring connections with yourself, with your loved ones, and with your faith. With three welcoming locations in Mission Valley, Carlsbad, and San Marcos, plus convenient telehealth services across California, we're right by your side, San Diego. Visit us at integritycounselinggroup.com or call us anytime at 760-283-7000. 760-283-7000. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. My guest is Bob Coons with Reasons for Hope. He is the one that is, I guess we could say, most responsible for the debunked videos, though there are lots of people obviously involved with that. He's the director of the debunked videos for Reasons for Hope. And again, the website where you can find those is debunked. Dot O-R-G. And as I said, going into the break there, Bub, I'm wondering if why this whole idea or concept that we shouldn't judge depends a bit on what's meant by the word judge. Because if we mean condemn for judge, then no, I don't believe we are to judge in that sense or that regard. However, that's not what I understand the word judge to mean. To me, judgment means to be discerning right from wrong, and if that's the case, then yes, we must judge, as Matthew 7 talks about and as we pointed out. But could that be a bit of it that most people see judge or understand the word judge to mean condemn? Absolutely. Well, it's two things. People don't like to know that if they're doing anything wrong, don't like to be called out on it. That's just our pride. Even when you know you're wrong, you don't like that. So you feel judged, and that could either be righteously done or unrighteously done. But I think if you were to, you know, throw the Greg Kokel thing in there, you would always have to go, what do you mean by judge? Just like you asked, because that's really going to help us define that. And if you think it means condemning everything that I ever say to you, if I say, you know what, you shouldn't put that fire in your hair and you think that's condemning, that's how you take it, mm. then you're never going to accept any of my judgment, you're never going to learn. So if, if all judgment is condemnation, then yeah, I would think Christ would go, don't do that. But all judgment is not condemnation. Yeah, and I'm just thinking that verse, therefore there's now no condemnation in Christ Jesus coming to mind here. And so if we're going to live according to that verse and according to the Scriptures, then we ought not be ones who condemn by our judgments. Our judgments should be designed, as we've repeated off-time already in this broadcast, those judgments should be designed to help others, not condemn them. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so if you were to go back and even say, what do you mean by judging? Here's what I think we could do. We could take that verse. I'm not good with Greek or anything, but that, that word is, is krino, right? And it, and it means to, to distinguish, to decide mentally or judiciously by implication, to try, to understand. But there is a part of it, right, that we, we got to understand one of the words and used here, it's exactly what you just said. The word is condemn. You can actually take that word that Jesus says in Matthew in Luke 6, 37, same there, and go, condemn not. That's what he doesn't want you to do. And you will not be judged. Condemn not, right? And then you get into the the other words as you go through that verse. So he's saying exactly what you're saying. If I think it's condemning, you're not supposed to do that. 
Don't condemn people or you're going to be condemned, right? The same way you're going to play that out. But the other use of it is to properly distinguish and decide mentally or judiciously the thing that we should do. So you can just see it. If you do a little word study, you can figure out what Jesus is really saying in this verse, obviously by the context as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. And those words there, well, all words of Scripture are from Jesus. He is the Word. But those, you know, were specifically spoken by Jesus when he was on this earth that he created. And so that's a good example there. But I also, I wanted to bring that up because there are those who would say, well, Jesus never judged anyone. And (laughs) that makes me chuckle because that's about the farthest thing from the truth. And I was thinking of, you know, those who might bring up uh, the woman caught in adultery. And when he talked to the, those gather around and said, if you're, you know, without sin, then go ahead and throw that first stone. And people would say, well, he didn't, you know, didn't judge her, but they're totally neglecting the fact that, you know, right at the end of that, he says, well, go and sin no more. So that sounds kind of like a judgment to me. So, um, so yeah, it's just totally off base for those who claim that, well, Jesus never judged anyone. Yeah. And he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that he is the one appointed by God to what? Judge the living and the dead. Uh, yeah. Jesus is a judge. He is the most perfect righteous judge. This is why there's heaven and hell. The other subjects people don't like to talk about. Well, judgment of your sins without the redeeming blood of Christ and without your trust in that, you get judged. And that judgment is meted out. The consequence of that judgment is just and right. So, yeah. of course, he is, he is. actually, he should be the most feared judge. Amen. Because he actually has the ability and the righteous ability to actually condemn. We don't. He does. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think, too, of, so what about those who would understand this properly, like you're saying, that Jesus is the only perfect judge? So then they might say, well, when why do you have the right to make a judgment between right and wrong? Because you're obviously not perfect. Correct. The human factor is always going to play a part, but we can say that about anything And then nobody should talk and ever do anything again because I can just go, hey, you know what? You should drive 55 miles an hour. That's why I don't even know what that is. What is 55? What is the truth? It becomes relativism, right? And you can't live in relativism. It's all nonsense at that point. So we got to have, just because I'm not perfect doesn't mean I can't tell you what's true. Right. And I get my truth from the perfect one. So Jesus says, you know, don't commit adultery. The commandment says don't commit adultery. Then if you commit adultery, and you're a brother or somebody I know, I'm going to go, dude, that's wrong. Get that fixed. And that person is either going to go, hey, you don't understand, or blah, blah, blah. But I get the righteous judgment from the commands and from the character from, from God, and, and namely Scripture, because he, he writes out what is righteous. Again, if I help my brother stop committing adultery, that's a good thing, right? That's the goal, like we talked about, to get the speck out of your brother's eye. So again, our goal should be to help but we have to make a judgment to help. A doctor has to go, there's something wrong before they can help you. Every choice requires a judgment. Right. It's whether that, that choice is right or wrong and what the motive behind it is. So yeah, someone can tell me, where do you get off you know, judging me? And said, well, first of all, I'm not going to judge a stranger. I'm not going to walk up and, and say, you, you did something wrong. They're outside the body of Christ. You know, I don't have time with them. I don't know what the whole situation is. So it's hard to make a right judgment in that case. But the people that you know or the people that ask or if you're a preacher and you're in front of people, you have to tell them what God's word says. And that word itself will convict that person in some kind of judgment so that there can be hopefully a consequence that leads them to the Lord. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking of two things. One is, I'm just going to quote this from Answers in Genesis, uh, their website, AnswersInGenesis.org, because they put it so well. And they say, with the right heart, we are to base our judgments on the Bible, for it is the word of the supreme judge of all who has the authority to determine right and wrong. So it's exactly what you said, just put a little bit differently there, and that our judgment, if it's going to be right and you know correct, has got to be based on the authority on the Word of God and the Supreme Judge, uh, God himself. But then what I wanted to ask you about here as we kind of wrap up this first of what's going to be a two-part series on this is the reality that that Word of God that I'm talking about is uh, a judge itself. The Scriptures in Hebrews chapter 4, and maybe this is what you were thinking of too, Hebrews 4.12 talks about the Word of God as being living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now there's uh, the perfect verse, I think, for this whole topic here of judging rightly according to the Word of God. We've got a couple of minutes left in this first uh, part, again, to just expound a little bit on your thoughts about that. Well, I would go right to the next verse, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of them to whom we what? Must give account. Mm, amen. Right. So when you put that together, it's like, look, the word of God does divide, but it's conviction is to motivate you to repentance and confession, to put your trust in the Lord for his redemptive work on the cross. If we don't understand that, and and if people don't understand where most Christians are trying to show up and say, you know, hey, that's not right. If just want to turn it around and say, that's hate speech, you don't know anything. If you don't actually think I'm trying to help you, And that could be in how I do it, right? I always say how, when, and why you say what you say says everything about you. And a lot of times we get the how wrong. We want to say stuff right and tell somebody something, but we say it maybe condescendingly or, you know, a little self-righteous and it comes across that. So I would say apologize for that if that's how someone says you come across. Go, I didn't mean to do that at all. My intention is to help you with this issue that's going on so that you can have a better life And maybe these realities and this truth can lead you to not being a slave to sin and to be saved by Jesus. So please, if my intention is that, and you don't like my intention, then so be it. But that's my intention. Mm -hmm. And so maybe as Christians, we need to work on how, how we say it. Mm, yeah, and that's going to be a little bit of the focus of the next broadcast, too. So those of you in the listening audience, please tune in for the next edition. We'll talk more about this subject of judgments from a biblical worldview with my guest, Bob Coons, who again is with Reasons for Hope, the national ministry sponsor of The Plumb Line. Thank you for tuning in. I would love to have you reach out and share your thoughts, comments, questions that you may have about the broadcast. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com is an email address, the Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.